Welcome to Courageous Conversation with Teresa W. Gamble, powered by Carcia Resource Professional Consultant. Courageous Conversation is a diversity, equality, inclusive initiative. It's a gracious space for a meaningful discussion about culture, life, business, work, learn, live, worship, and play. on Savvy Credit Strategies. Ms. Tina Noble gave us an anonymous breakdown of our credit report, what it means, what our credit score consists of on a 100% model. So if you missed it, you better make sure you go back and listen to the replay. But right now, she got a couple more things that she needs to tack on to that before we take a dive into that business credit. So bring it to the table, to the kitchen table, Ms. Noble. All right. So again, I am about to dive right into it. So we just talked about the credit reports, right? And what makes up of it? Disputing your credit reports, right? Not enough people take a look at their credit reports. So not enough people even know what's on their credit reports. And then the only way they find out is typically when they've gone, tried to apply for something, got denied. And once you get denied, they have to give you this little piece of paper that'll tell you that you got denied. They don't know why, but within the next seven to 10 business days, you'll receive something in the mail, right? And on that, most people don't know, even know what that consists of. But what that is, is basically you are getting something in the mail telling you whether you had a high usage, slow pays, no pays, you know, it could have just been anything that was derogatory that was on there. But here's the thing, pull your credit report, people, okay? It costs you nothing to pull your own credit report. And you can pull your free credit reports by going to www.annualcreditreport.com. That's www.annualcreditreport.com. Now, when you get your credit report, it consists of your personal history, your account information. It shows whether there are any public records or items that's against you, any collection items that have gone against you, anything that's been charged off, any repossessions, any foreclosures or bankruptcies. So all of that shows on there, right? So what I normally tell people is once you get your credit report, just take a look at it. Don't try to do it real fast. Sit down, relax, do it at the end of the day, and just take a look at it and just familiarize yourself with it. Check for everything. Look at your name. Do they have your name right on there? I know I can pull mine. I get stuff in the mail all the time My with my maiden name. My, the, the first initial of my maiden name would be as my middle initial, and then my married name. Well, that's not me, right? So I'm not Tina W. Noble. I am Tina M. Noble. So that's a, that's something that's inaccurate right there. That's reporting on there. So, or your, you know, addresses. Now, here's the thing. When you're looking at your credit report, 
you want the information to be accurate as of the day that you're pulling it. So if it has all these old addresses on there, dispute and have them removed. Okay. If it has all these erroneous names on there, dispute and have them removed. The objective is that you don't want anything negative showing on there. Now, if it's something that maybe you did have an account um, that you forgot about or it wound up going to collections, um, if you never took care of it while it was in collections, then you want to handle that. And here's the ticket with the collections, right? The first collection agency is the master. If you haven't taken time to take care of that debt with that collection agency, that first one that's received it, a lot of times after so many attempts, they will, and after a certain range of time, then they will then take that and they will sell that to another company. So then they're clearing their books and trying to keep in keep it fresh, but then it's gone to a second agency that bought it for pennies on the dollar, right? So when that second agency gets it, they're automatically going to start sending you out notifications because they want to get paid. They want to get their money back plus the money, initial money of whatever was the debt that's left on there, right? But you have to be careful with that. I've had personally times where I know I have paid off something with the first credit report, you know, with the first um, with the first company that had it through collections. I kept my receipt showing that it was paid. But then mysteriously, a few years later, because then they sell that, right? And they, when they sell it, they sell it in volume. So it's not like they just selling your account and somebody else's. They're stacking those accounts up and they're selling those books to another agency. Well, when that collection agency gets it, again, they're going to they're gonna try to go and get money. Whether the first one kept good records or not, I don't know, right? All that matters is that I kept good records. Because, and I almost fell prey to this one time. I almost was going to pay one that a second agency had. But I was like, no, I remember paying that. Well, the second agency, quote unquote to them, they said that it wasn't marked as showing as being paid. But because I had my receipt to show that it was paid, guess what? They had to take it off their book. Hello, Courageous Conversation viewers and listeners. We just want to take this time to pause for the calls. I hope you are enjoying this content with the Savvy Credit Strategies with Tina Nova. I hope you're taking notes. But I just want to remind you, make sure you subscribe and follow our Facebook page, Courageous Conversations with Teresa Gamble, our Instagram account, as well as our YouTube channel that's coming soon so you can learn more and see our speakers who we've been interviewing over the last year in June. So you don't want to miss out on what's in store for 2022. So let's get back to the conversation with Tina. Whether they're doing it, there's a lot of, um, there's this big, thick book of trade practices that collection agencies have to follow. And if they are in violation of any of those, and we're talking about this thousands of codes and things that's in there, but if they are in, in uh, if they've broken any of those codes, 
then you do as a consumer have recourse that you can, you know, go after with them. But if you don't keep good records, you won't be able to because it'll be your word against theirs, right? So you just have to be careful with that. Um, that's what collection agency. Charge Hold off. Hold on, Tina. Let me, let, me, let me jump in right quick. Okay. I want to put a nugget when keeping records because a lot of people have gotten to the space of being hoarders and keeping papers and documents. They have apps now and devices where you can scan a lot of these stuff because these receipts will wear off. Or you can have it where it can um, you can put an external drive and keep your bills by creditor digitally. So if you have to produce that evidence, you have it electronically and it will be in the original receipt when you first paid it. Yeah. But over time, that information will fade and wear out. And if you're transitioning and you're moving a lot, it's a possibility it can get misplaced, it can get destroyed, especially being in storage for whatever reason. So do your due diligence to protect your documentation by getting an external drive, scan it, save it, so you can be able to reference and go back to it. And even if you pass away and your family members have to settle up debts, make it easy for them to find and navigate and do what needs to be done. So I just wanted to hop in and put that tech nugget no. piece in because I started doing it and it's very helpful. Yeah, it, it makes life a little bit easier. You feel good about being organized. You feel good about knowing what's there. You, you're you on top of what um, the information, whether it's, you know, accurate, whether it's uh, recent. Um, and just it's just good practice. It's good practice. It's good record keeping. So, um, yeah, and it helps. Like you say, if, if somebody passes away, because once somebody passes away, then creditors, it, there's a notification that goes in the newspaper of a person passing, right? It's usually done through the estate. Well, when that notification goes, that notification, depending on the state, the city, whatever, you ha it might have to be in there for 30 days, 45 days, 60 days. But that's the time span that those creditors have to scour the papers, which trust me, they have, they pay somebody to do this to scour the papers to see if any of their creditor, uh, if their credits, creditors are out there that's recently deceased because then they want to put in so that they can get paid. And if they miss it, they miss it, but they have to do that. So um, remember when I said that if you have something that goes in the collection, but you haven't paid it and that company, after so many attempts, they will then sell it off. Well, then what right. they'll do is they'll consider it a charge-off. So they mark it as a charge-off on your credit report. And then it doesn't mean that it's charged off and you off the hook. It just means they took it off of their books. They put their loss in. And then they, like I said, sell that bundle to somebody else. Well, you know, charge-offs are, it works the same way. It means that you still have to pay that debt. Wow. It, it doesn't mean that you're off the hook for it. And depending on what it is that's being charged off will determine how long it stays on your credit report. So usually everything right. stays on there. Generally it's seven years, but again, if it's a judgment or a lien or something like that, then it may be able to stay on there for 10 years. Okay. So um, there's, there's a lot of different tips um, that can be given. 
But let me tell you, here's the objective. One, you want to avoid anything negative coming onto your credit report, right? But your rule of thumb is this. Please take note of this. If it's 30 to 60 days late, meaning if you have anything that's currently 30 to 60 days late, call those people to make a payment arrangement. So, Because what you don't want to do is you, you want to avoid it going 90 days late. So call those people and make payment arrangements, right? But if it's 90 days late, call those people and make payment arrangements because you don't want to, you want to try to avoid a charge off. Okay. Got it. But if you can't avoid the charge off, then call those people and make payment arrangements because what you want to do now is avoid it from going to a collection agency or becoming a judgment against you. So no matter what it is, it yeah, so no matter what it is, you want to call them and make some type of arrangement. And you'll be surprised when you call them, one, it shows that you're being responsible. It shows that you care about your credit, right? And then what a lot of these places have in store is they have the ability to sometimes move a payment to the back end of, of your installment. So if it's a a credit card. I don't care if it's a credit card, if it's a car note, if it's a mortgage, student loans, all of that. Call them and talk to them. You never know what can be, you know, your blessings can come out of that when you take your head out of the sand. It really can. So again, you want to avoid being late, but if you're 30 to 60 days late, you want to avoid being 90 days late. If you're 90 days late, you want to avoid it going to collections or judgment. And I mean, you want to avoid it from going to a charge off. And if it's a charge off, then you want to call them and you want to avoid it going for collection or a judgment. And once it's gone for collection or a judgment, then those people will reach out to you and respond. Please. What you don't want to do is have a judgment be unanswered by you. Because a judgment means that they've already gone to court, they've already appeared before a judge, they've already got the judge to sign off on this judgment to the degree that they have to give you so many days to respond to the judgment and you have to act on your own behalf. And then once you do that, and that shows that you're trying to work with them, and then you tr they have so many days or they can work out arrangements with you and things like that. So you just have to do it. No matter what you're doing, especially if it's a charge off or a collection or a judgment, you want to make sure that you get everything in writing. Whatever are the terms of the agreement, get it in writing. They can email it to you or they can send it to you in the mail, but you need the the you need to have that in writing. And then a lot of times they will um, what they'll do is Sometimes they may work out to where instead of you paying off the full balance, they might have a, a way that you can pay off. Sometimes it can be half 50% of the balance owed. But when they are ready to work that out with you or they offer you terms like that, you have to act on it right then and there. That's the advantage. So if you ain't paid them, then you should have the money somewhere, right? <laughs> so that so that, you know, that's Generally, you should, but, you know, things happen, right? And then foreclosures. Right. Foreclosures work differently, um, and it varies state to state. 
So I am from originally, well, originally from Detroit, but Illinois is where I spent the majority of my life, right? In Illinois, when something is going into foreclosure, you have 18 months to work that out. Legally, it's going to say 12 months, but it's really 18 months that you have to work that out before then they can go in and do a full foreclosure on you. Other states are not like that. So you have to check your individual state. Some states, if you're 30 days late, they can immediately impose foreclosure proceedings on you. So it just depends on your state. Okay. Um, and what I have done for the convenience of anybody listening to me and anybody out there is I have created an ebook. It's a very small, simple ebook, but what this ebook consists of are your primary dispute letters that's needed to go with these, um, to with whatever it is that you're disputing. I have one in there for rental. So if your landlord does not um, report to the agencies, what you want to do is you can actually put together your own letter and send that to each of the credit bureaus and have it attached to your credit file. At any time, you can have things attached to your credit file um, with the credit bureaus. You can have things removed from your credit file off the records with the credit bureaus, but there are certain letters that needs to be written for that. So I have put together, it's a simple, I think it's like either, I think it's about five letters, simple letters, primary letters, that will be able to um, get and help you dispute anything that's on there. Um, and it's $10 and you can reach out to me directly. So um, it's available through the Noble One Credit Counseling LLC. And you can reach out, email me at T-M-N-O-B-L-E-O-N-E at gmail.com. That's T-M-N-O-B-L-E-O-N-E at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, either through the Noble One Credit Counseling or TM Noble One. So TM Noble One and one is spelled out. Or IG at T-T-H-E-N-O-B-L-E One. So T the Noble Number One on IG. And um, you can just, you know, reach out to me and we can get that um, ebook over to you and you can then begin disputing. Now, what I do tell people, I try to tell people and counsel people and show them how to do these things by on their own. Yeah, you can go and pay somebody to do it for you. But when you're paying one, if you got money to pay somebody, then you can just go get you some stamps and make it simple for you. Uh, a lot of people don't want to take the time to do it because it's not time consuming, but it's about being consistent. And all you have to do is just mark on your calendar when things, when you need to report back and things like that. When you send off something to dispute for your credit report that they have 30 days to respond, so mark it off on your credit, I mean, on your calendar. And then once they respond, then they have, you have 30 days to reply. And at the end of that, depending on what the resolution is, will determine whether it can be removed or not, or whether it can be, you know, updated to reflect, you know, something different. Um, but yeah, I try to get people to do it on their own. One, because it's good practice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's best practice. Uh -huh. 
And once you know how to do it, because you're going to be doing the people you pay are going to be doing the exact same thing. Right. So you need to learn it for yourself so that one, you can teach it to your children and the younger, the, the younger they are, when they learn all of these best practices, the better show your children so that they can show their children so that it can be, you know, a generational thing so that the future can be better than what the present or the past has been. Um, there are different cultures that take that to heart and they make, I mean, at an early age, they'll have the children writing out the checks or paying the bills or showing them how to put together a, a, a payment plan or a schedule or how to itemize and just different things. So teach that to your children, nieces, nephews, if you don't have children, if you don't have nieces and nephews, then go and volunteer for a, a boys club or a school or something, some kind of organization so that you can put these best practices into play. It makes a big difference. It might not matter to you now, but it will when you're ready to grow up and start being a big person and go out here in the real world and you want to start acquiring things, <laughs> you know? That's true. That's very true um, because it's very important. I love the fact that you really um, broke down the dispute letters and the issues and the things we need to look for on our credit report. And this is where we do not need to get complacent. We don't need to take it for granted because a whole nother person could be pretending that they're you and, and creating credit that they're you and it's not you and you wondering why you're getting denied for stuff so that's why you need to do your due diligence and make sure you stay on top of it i like the fact that you said about doing the calendar and making a checklist i love that um the ebook opportunity um uh, i will put the cover up with the information on social media for those who want to purchase our ebook i highly recommend it um, don't think because I'm interviewing Tina that I'm not using none of her, her systems and processes. You got to be Use crazy them. if I'm not. <laughs> it would make no sense for me to be interviewing her and I'm not putting into best practices because I really want to get an invested in real estate and property preservation to start really building that legacy and create that res residual revenue streams. Because of the unrest that our country is in right now with these multiple pandemics, and we're heading for another one. So we need to be prepared and be ready and not get ready. So, Tina, I really enjoyed the fact how you took that deep dive with the credit report and the disputes. And it was one thing that you mentioned that I wanted you to elaborate a little more on. It's the fact of the matter about how the credit bureau, credit collection, the collection agencies can reach out to you. Because I just heard on the news, they can contact you now. On social media now hey, what's up hey. with that my sister what is up with that look let me tell you as we get wiser and savvier and technology is just out here like it is and it's just gonna advance even more they are getting savvy with with it too okay don't think because you didn't they not your friend on social media that they can't get to you you ain't wow. got to approve them to be a friend for them to get to you. I've worked for a law firm for over 32 years of my life. I know what they can do without your permission regarding your social media. 
and the people don't realize what you're putting out there sticks it stays yes they can they yes yes they have ways of reaching out to you that's just crazy first of all when you're applying for credit you know how they ask for references uh-huh they do that for a reason because when you become um uncooperative with them and you're not you know responding to their calls and things like that then they're calling all those references that you put out there so if you try to be a private person about your business if you're not handling your business then guess what your business is not out there in the streets if you have co-signed for anybody and they're not handling their business then you are then on the hook for that and trust me everything that i'm saying i've been through it i've been there done that um i've i've used all these steps and tools to get myself back on track um and sometimes you can get yourself on track and then life will happen still you know no matter how good you are word you try to be you know but the thing of it is and that's why i try to tell people to learn how to do it yourself because once you've done it it's it's it stays the same don't dispute anything online yes ma'am they can reach out they can find you they can touch you and if they are able to do that now through your social media i mean who wants to see a creditor on your social media posting on you on your stuff thomas some yeah you know how people be flashing all this money uh-huh i just had this vision People talking about they securing bags and this and that, but they're not taking care of their business. Guess what? Now they're going to dip into your uh, your chats or your whatever, and they're going to be talking about, well, why are you securing the bag? Can you pay your bill? Exactly. How embarrassing exactly. would that be? Very. <laughs> you know. Especially, why. If you a, especially if you're a business owner and you trying to establish your business to make money and your creditor in your DMs messaging you about a bill or befriending you because you know what this kind of reminds me when i was in cosmetology working in the shop how the investigators used to be undercover and they were actually come in the salon and come get their hair done their nails done their makeup they get their feet done they get the whole kit and caboodle and by the time it's over with if they don't see your cosmetology license on that station and your name they read they writing out that ticket to give you that fifteen hundred dollar fine. That's this is what this me of. <laughs> Look, I guess they they you know people want their money. I mean, yep. if you if you lent somebody some money, I don't care if it's five dollars or if it's five hundred or five thousand, you want your money. I mean, unless unless you are a charitable contribution, then that might be something different because you're already set up to give money and not expect anything back in return but you want your money they've done you a great service of extending something to you that you probably wouldn't have been able to get so treat it properly and treat it with respect i mean at the end of the day your name is you know your credit your credit worthiness is your name that's good that's good they got to go on social media to get your name, to reach your name. And don't think that they don't know, you know, you, you on Facebook under one name, you on IG up under all these other aliases. 
Don't think they can't find you. Trust exactly. me. Especially with facial recognition. Yeah, they, they getting real savvy. Look, and people don't realize this either. I'm glad you said that with facial recognition and thumbprints and all this and that and stuff. Why do you think that they extending all these convenience, conveniences to you? You know, you just tap your phone and pay something. You put your, you know, your your recognition, you can do face recognition from your phone, or you can do your thumbprint recognition from your phone. Baby, that is how they track you. That's how they keep tabs <laughs> on you. It is. It is. You know, so oh, people don't realize that. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. I had another part of the collection question I'm going to ask, but it's more business related. So I'm going to wait to be getting the business credit side. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a commercial break right here. Miss Tina Nova, I mean, she dropping them like it's all of the day. And I have been an avid credit repair person myself. The, the DIY, I'm, you know, my husband said I'm the ace guru doing it, but it's time consuming, but you know what's going on for us, your credit. Worthiness. I love your quote. Your credit worthiness is uh, is your name. And I remember that's why the old people say, if you don't protect anything else, protect your name. You've been listening to Courageous Conversation with Teresa W. Gamble. Courageous Conversation is powered by Carcier Resource Professional Consultant. Will you like to be a guest and have your story lessened? and best practice to be captured in an audio psychopedia. We are currently reviewing applications for future guests to join us and we're especially interested in creating spaces for long-standing or multi-generational black-owned businesses. For more information and to be considered, please email info at crpcnow.com to request an application. Be not weary in well-doing. You shall reap if you faint not. Galatians 6 and 9.